Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Let It Fly, show number 28. Today, I want to talk a little bit about The X-Files. Now, The X-Files is one of those shows that came out on the scene, and at the time when it started, it was uh, unique because it was a science fiction show that did not have to have huge effects or spaceships or anything like that, you know. It was something that um, was, uh, basically the mythology was the show. And it was a show that I discovered not in the, uh, and not in the, in the first episode. It was, I want to say we were close to uh, probably four or five episodes in before I discovered it. And at the time, I thought, well, you know, what is this? I know I saw advertisements for it or whatever, and I wasn't real sure, and I was watching it. I'm like, well, this is just fascinating. We have this show that um, not only is do we have the science fiction base for it, but we have people who are in a position of having to have records for everything, every crime, everything that they discover, and therefore... Um, have to be creative in the way that uh, they present the information. Um, You had uh, Mulder who um, was open to any possibility. He had to open his mind to things that would be improbable. And you had Scully who was trying to deal strictly in science. Um, It was a show that took about a season to really take off, but once it did, um, not only did they tell some great stories and was a great entertainment, but it was a show that um, very much um, infiltrated the pop culture. You know, you had all these all these other shows where somebody, you know, something weird would happen, and they, and they would always have the tagline, "Well, you better call uh, Mulder and Scully and see what's going on." And it really um, has made a mark on. Uh, entertainment television, and geek culture in particular. Now, you know, obviously with the show coming back, well, it's come back, um, you know, there, there's a lot of pressure to create something that is, um, you know, has a strong comeback and doesn't get lost in um, all the mythology. The problem, my problem with the X-Files was that for the first five seasons, things were pretty well lined up, even through the first movie. Now, the first movie, things started to change the mythology slightly. But what had happened is that by the time we hit season six, whatever uh, guidelines they had for the show seemed to be thrown out the window. Um, the mythology, they just kept changing it and morphing it, and um, that doesn't make any sense. And I, and even when I did Sci-Fi Dig, you know, uh, probably in my first, in the very first year of that, like my big thing was if you're going to create a show and you're going to create a mythology for that show and you're going to create rules for that world, you have to stay within those rules. You can't suddenly change them because they become inconvenient or suddenly change them because you didn't think far enough ahead when you were writing in order to do that. You can't, you can't have an episode of, uh, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and suddenly everybody can fly, um, without explaining why that's, why that's something that can that can happen now um, with all the rules that they've set up and that is that was one of the failings of the x-files you had a mythology that you set up you did numerous episodes to back that up throughout 
um, the series, and then suddenly you changed everything and gave no explanation why suddenly everything that you've been telling us is no longer true. Um, that's not going to work, and that's going to turn the fans off because they've been following it, trying to figure it out, um, sticking with it. When you know a lot of what's going on with your show is the mystery of the show, then suddenly you change that. Well, you know that's going to cause some problems. It didn't help that when we got to the later seasons and Duchovny wanted to leave, that this was all over the press. The fact that Duchovny was, was, was unhappy playing this character. And not, I'm not trying to vilify him because it makes sense. I mean, you're an actor. You're playing the same person over and over again. Um, you know, you're not getting any younger. You want to spread your wings. You want to do other things. You want to branch out. And, you know, but it was because this was played up so much in the press because they gave him so much money to to finish that, you know, the last season he was going to be on and it was only going to be for, you know, half a season that he was going to appear. Um, I always felt that the new agents that came in, Dog and Reyes, got um, shorted because there were some good episodes in those last couple of seasons. Um, the episodes uh, reminded me, some of those episodes reminded me of the first few seasons of the X-Files. Um, they had good stories, they had good mysteries, they had good, you know, monsters of the week. And I felt as though that they really worked. I felt that part of the problem was that um, Gillian Anderson was still under contract to appear in the X-Files. They didn't know what to do with her. Um, I remember, I can't remember the name, episode name, but I remember one episode in particular where um, the episode was, was you know, basically um, the, the main stars were, you know, Agents Doggett and Reyes, and they, they were doing their thing. And they needed a doctor. Well, Scully was, you know, teaching at the university or whatever, and they call her in um, for some reason. You know, there's, there's all these doctors and, and forensic people in the FBI, but they call her. So, um, and it felt very, very forced that obviously she was in a contract and she had to show up to do this. So she shows up and, and does her thing and then kind of like just stands in the background a little bit here and there. And it just didn't work. It felt as though here was a character that was a great character but um, she was kind of relegated to the back, which is fine, except that th there was no flow for it. It was just suddenly, here she is in the background. And when something come up, you know, they call her to just to pop up, and, and we all kind of knew she was under contract because all this, all the, the contracts and everything for the show were kind of played out in the press. And, and you know, so it, it just, it, you know, it kind of fell apart in a lot of ways. Then we had that second movie, which was god-awful. Um, I hate to say that because I went in with very high hopes that this is going to be kind of an episode, you know, a, a, a movie-style episode, um, which in some ways it was, but it was just was not good. It was not a good story. It, was, it, it just fell apart, you know. The thing about the X-Files that I've always loved, and, and those, the, those folks that listen to Sci-Fi Dig, um, I did uh, part of the first season. I did episode breakdowns, and then I just kind of lost my um, love for doing it. Um, but it, it uh, is every episode, and I love this show, don't get me wrong, I love this show, but there is always something that just did not work. That I mean, not that it was a, a big thing, but just like little faux pas that you're just like, what were they thinking? What was going on here? You know, um, you know, I, I had an issue with like Scully being an FBI agent, and it seemed as though half the time she'd leave her gun somewhere, 
and then she would need it and it was on a nightstand or it was under a pillow or somewhere else and it's just like for god's sakes man keep your gun on your body because you need it all the time and then you end up needing needing rescuing you know um which I never enjoyed for the Scully character because she came across as so confident in, in her knowledge of what she was doing. Um, and it was the rare occurrence that you had a character like this that um, was an equal and also had her own thing going on. Um, because for as much enthusiasm as Mulder had for keeping an open mind, she has she had as much enthusiasm, although a little more downplayed for science and saying, "Hey, this makes sense," you know, in a scientific way. You can't just jump to the it was aliens or it was ghosts or something like that. It, it made things came together and made sense um, in the scientific realm. And because of that, I really liked it. She was also one of the few characters at the time, if you remember. She got a lot of press for um, the way that they, you know, her her costuming and the way they dressed her. She was dressed, you know, very conservatively, had these business-style suits. And, man, it really worked. I mean, she came, I, I think she's probably one of the best characters um, created in, in, like, a sci-fi genre where pretty much out of the gate, um, she's fairly confident. Now, I say that after, you know, after viewing that, you know, I, I, that came across after the first season of the X-Files. You go back and rewatch, and man, I have all kind of problems with uh, the uh, the first episode where, um, obviously, she's very young and inexperienced, and she's, they bring her in to spy on Mulder, and you have that scene where um, they're, invecti- they're investigating these, these um, UFO uh, um, abductees and they have these marks on that look kind of like moles or whatever and she thinks she has one and she runs over to Mulder's room and has and just you know has a robe on with just her underwear on and has him look to see what it is here ends up being a mosquito bite but and that was fine that part I, I get I mean they play I think she played up really what is being completely terrified um, she's thrown in this world where um you know Mulder saying hey you know these UFOs and stuff this is a real deal this is you know, this could actually happen. And he believes in it so much that she's probably has a little bit of belief herself, you know, a whole lot of disbelief going on, but she's, her mind, you can see that it's open to the realm that this could be a possible thing. So she panics when she feels this mark and she can't see it because it's on her back. So I understand the panic. The part where the episode, when I go back and watch it now, where I'm just like, oh my God, you can just see that they were, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not like being overly critical here. I mean, this is this is a, you know the first episode, the first few episodes we have this problem, but you can see that they were kind of struggling, and it's real easy to fall into that whole um, that whole plot of every show when you have a man and woman, there has to be romance. There has to be like, oh, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a woman. I'm going to sh- you know wear my feelings on my sleeve, and I'm going to be the big strong man, and blah 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 blah. When a show starts off, it's it's not like that at all. Scully seems like the stronger the two characters. And when Mulder opens up about what drives him about his sister's disappearance, um, roles are reversed. But when she runs over to have him look at this, and then he's like, oh, it's a mosquito bite, and she just like suddenly hugs him with relief, that doesn't work for me. Um, that when you, as you watch the series, you can see that that whole thing was forced. It's not something she, she would do. She's much more conservative than that, and it doesn't really work. But there is, uh, and there's moments like that in, in all the episodes, but they don't, I don't think that they detract. I think it, I think it shows a growth of the show as time moves on. And I, um, this is just a fantastic show. Now, one of the reasons I want to talk about, it, obviously it's coming back. Now I've seen the first few episodes 
and uh, they huge marketing push behind this. And I, t- I got to tell you that I love them. And we still have those little issues um, in, the, in the episodes, things that happened where you're like, man, what were they thinking here? Or what happened here? And, um, you know, this doesn't, you know, there's things that, that don't connect the whole way. They're minor. They're minor. But I love the, nit- excuse me, I love the nitpicket um, because of that. And um, I'm, I'm really enjoying what they're doing. And I can't help but, but think that, you know, we're going to, you know, have episodes that, you know, were, were if you remember back early on, you know, Mulder would go through um, the Daily News and the Inquirer and all this, all these crazy, um, trashy tabloids to find stories. And now, you know, he's in this time, we have full-blown internet where this stuff is everywhere. And this has got to be like his playground to be able to go through and look at all this. Um, I feel as though they set up the show well enough for this new season, um, they are touting it as season 10, that it makes sense that we carry on with the mythology. However, they don't really cover what has happened. If you remember the way the X-Files ended, you know, Mulder was on the run. They don't really talk about that. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. this being kind of like um, a soft reboot where um, we don't have to get the entire history of what happened. I think that they realized they wrote themselves into a corner and it was kind of a mess at the end. And therefore, they kind of do got to do like a clean reboot, and they're picking up where, you know, the best, um, the best of the characters were, and that's kind of where we're at. And I'm really digging it. I'm not, I'm not looking too far into, okay, well, let's answer these fifty thousand questions I have about the last season of the X Files and what happened to these characters and what's going on and why nobody's bringing up the fact that he was on the run from the FBI and, you know, all these things that happened. Um, one of the things about the X Files that was unique was that there was, for the longest time, there was no romantic entanglement with the two main characters. And Chris Carter has always said that it's not going to be, they're not going to be each other's love interest. They're going to be partners. Well, I think there was a lot of pressure from the fans. I think that um, they let let the show go on a little too long. And, um, you know, we still deal in America with the fact that we get a show and, we just, as long as it's making money, we keep making seasons. <clears throat> so it's, it's about generating the revenue, not about telling the story. And so then everything becomes forced and things don't really work out the way that we would like them to. And I think that's one of the things that happened here. And I think as a last-ditch effort, they show that they uh, become a couple. But they do it in a really bizarre, backhanded manner where you know, we find out about it like after the fact. And then we have kind of like, if I'm remembering right, there's kind of like a flashback showing them hook up. And I, and I just felt as though, man, I'm like, we, you made a big deal about how this wasn't going to happen. And then when it finally does happen, you know, all this time later, we don't even really get to see it as it it doesn't even happen organically. It just kind of happens like boom, you know, up until now, uh, or up until that point, the character seemed as though, um, even though they were they were kind of tight, um, that they were it was a friendship, it was a partnership, it was something that um, not romantic, you know, just as, as it could be, you know, to it could be a buddy cop film where two guys, you know, they 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 trust each other with their lives on a regular basis, and that forms a bond, and you can't help that, you know, and it seemed like that, but then they took it to the next level. Now I, I'm not saying that. I disagree with them doing the, 
you know, making them, you know, uh, get together in a romantic level. That's not really an issue for me. The issue is that it just didn't seem like it was natural. It seemed like, okay, well, the ratings are going in a toilet. We have to do something to try to respark interest, you know, so boom, we're just going to throw this in there. And it made no sense. It did not work. Now, the one thing I can say about the X-Files is because of this type of uh, genre television, when, they, when this came out, it was unique. A lot of other shows um, did this type, this style of, of storytelling. Um, we had, uh, I think it was like The Burning Zone or something like that on UPN. It was actually a pretty decent show. Um, the writers and creative talent around the X-Files um, made several other shows that um, were, were always were made a mark in my mind. A Space Above and Beyond, which was something that I felt was incredibly unique because it started off one way where somebody was like the main character um, even though it was an ensemble cast. But we thought we were going to follow them and do, and, and it was going to be about them. They were going to be the focus of all these episodes. And very quickly, it changes to a different character. And I always thought that that was really unique, the way they did that. Um, the other show, and um, the show that I think um, really, really stands out, and people have not given this show, they don't do much talking about it. Um, they haven't given it much... Uh, there hasn't been much chatter over the years about it. They haven't given. I, I don't feel the show the show's given gotten its due, and that's Millennium. Um, this, you know, the, the the main character of Millennium was on the X Files, and vice versa. What I liked about Millennium, and again, uh, a problem problem as well. The first first thing, if you've never seen Millennium, and you don't want to get you don't want to worry about watching another show, just watch the first episode. That's it. I'm just telling you, go watch the first episode. It is. Um, movie quality caliber. Um, the way they put it together, the cinematography, the storytelling, and it, it is just like, it's, it, you can watch it and be like, okay, I'm good. You know, I mean, if you don't want to watch any more, but I can probably guarantee you when you watch it, you're going to want to watch more. But it is the kind of uh, first episode, uh, I believe it was 90 minutes um, without commercials. It is, uh, it is just fantastic. And basically it's about a profiler. And what I liked about it is that Millennium basically was about a profiler and there's a group, um, you know, kind of like a, a, you know, a conspiracy that kind of controls things or whatever. And it worked. Everything worked perfectly. And then we hit season three. There's three seasons of the show. And then what happened was that suddenly we're throwing angels and supernatural elements into the mix. And you're like, what just happened? And to me, um, the final episode was really good. But it was season three, there was so much filler episode with the supernatural stuff, and it just did not work for a show that had two seasons of establishing itself as dealing, dealing with our reality and things making sense to a certain degree. Um, the serial killer aspect and stuff like that, yeah, I understand you could play angels and demons off that to a certain extent, but... It was, uh, it was just, it was set in reality. And I feel as though they just, I can't tell. And again, you know, this is somebody's baby. And I don't want to be overly critical, but it just seemed like lazy writing to me. It just seemed as though, ah, you know, people like the supernatural stuff. Let's just throw it in there. Well, it didn't make any sense. It came out of nowhere. Again, you define the rules of your world. You play with inside those walls. You can't just suddenly throw something out there because it becomes convenient because it's lazy writing and it's sloppy storytelling. And it really... Um, it really got under my skin. I mean, I've watched, I've seen the entire run of Millennium twice now, and um, I'm, I actually would like to go back for a third one, but my God, the DVDs are expensive. Um, but man, I, I tell you what, this show, um, it, it, was, it was fantastic. The, the main character of uh, Frank Black was 
super intelligent, soft-spoken, had a lot of issues um, with his family, and he explains those throughout the, the, um, the series, but um, it was hitting on all cylinders. Now, I, you know, I don't want to do, uh, I don't want to be gossip guy, but my, I decided when I was going to talk about the X-Files and the other shows around that I was going to tell this brief story. And again, I have no, I have no way to corroborate this, so I'm just going to throw it out there and, uh, you know, people can do whatever they want to do with it. But this is just kind of how I understood things. Um, I used to go to a local bookstore all the time and um, spend a lot of money there buying books. And, uh, and talking to the guy one time, he said, yeah, the, the, the main character, the main uh, female character from Space Above and Beyond, she was also in Millennium in the third season. Um, he uh, saw her at airport or something and he was, he was talking to her and, you know, talking about, you know, um, it was the time when Space Above and Beyond ended and it was on a cliffhanger and then we got into season two. Um, but the, the topic came up, I'm not exactly sure how they broached it and they were having a discussion and she said, yeah, well, basically Space Above and Beyond was the network's, uh, gift to one of the writers for the X-Files because he wanted to branch out and do something. And I believe that was, uh, Wong who, who was writing that and, and I might have my facts a little bit backwards here, but just bear with me because it, it all it, it all kind of makes sense. And and so what had happened was that um, that show was taken off. It was doing pretty well. They didn't they did they weren't sure it was going to do great, but they just wanted to give the guy something to do. And and you know he wanted to do this show, and so they're like here, okay, yeah, you know we'll do it or whatever. Well, then the X Files rating started to falter. And the network blamed it on the fact that everybody was doing these other projects and the focus wasn't on the X-Files, which if you remember, the X-Files was, um, you know, it was top rated and it was it was kind of a flagship show for Fox. I mean, it was bringing in the numbers and bringing in the money. And like I said, it had made a mark on pop culture and the whole genre thing together, you know. So um, that is why um, she claims that Space Above and Beyond did not get a second season was because... They needed to bring everybody back to the thing that started all, which was the X-Files. So, I mean, like, take that with a grain of salt. I mean, I'm just saying what, you know, what was repeated. And again, you know, it's like, you know, a game of telephone. You're never sure if the facts are exactly straight. But it all lines up. It all makes sense because you can see that after all these, you know, these side projects. I call them side projects, but they, I mean, they're aside, they're aside from the main one where these creators all got together. But they all stand on their own. But you get these other projects, and then you can see, if you look at the time frame, when everybody starts to come back to the X-Files, and they start trying to ramp things back up and get things back on track, and by then it was too late. Um, and I, I, don't, I blame that solely on, um, you know, the, I, I think that one of the reasons the X-Files failed, I blame that solely on the fact that um, the mythology was sloppy. That's what it comes down to, you know. And don't get me wrong, like I said, I love this show. And up till season five, man, it is just like, I cannot wait to get to the next episode. Now, I have not watched the last two episodes, or I'm sorry, the last two seasons um, since they aired, and even then it was sporadic, um, and because just because at that point in time, the X-Files was everywhere. There was news every single day about the contract negotiations, about the covenant, and every time somebody would bring up the X-Files or what was happening, you're like... Well, you know, the company got all this money for only doing half the season and blah, blah, blah. And I just didn't care. I'm like, I don't really need that inside baseball kind of stuff. I just want to, I want to enjoy the story that you're telling me. And at that point, they had kind of beaten it to death. I was really getting burned out on it. So I kind of just would just periodically watch an episode here and there. But there were a couple of really good episodes in the last two seasons. Now, at Christmas time, I always do some DVD buying because there's some great sales. I managed to pick up the first season of X-Files on Blu-ray um, for 10 bucks. 
Uh, you know, I, I have the first five seasons on DVD. The first season, however, is a, uh, it was when, you know, TV seasons were 70 bucks a season, you know, and um, it was, it was still like a new thing to be able to get all the stuff on DVD and they, they were, they were getting all their money they could. Well, I didn't want to pay that. So I ended up buying a Chinese uh, version of it. It's a, it's a legitimate release, you know, um, but the box is like huge and bulky and stuff like that. So I'm like, well, you know, I bought the, I bought seasons two through five in the slim cases. And I was like, well, you know, I want to, uh, I might as well check out that. Cause I wanted to see what the transfer was like. And I'm like my first season, I'm not really into double buying, but I'm like the first season was just kind of really crappy. The extras weren't, weren't on there and, and uh, well they were, but it was the same extra. Every, every disc had an extra and it was the same damn one. So somebody somewhere screwed something up, but at any rate, so I got the Blu-ray set and I got to tell you, man, it, the transfer is gorgeous. And not only that, but it's done in widescreen. Now, of course, all the video files out there are bitching and get their panties in a bunch because they're like, well, you know, it wasn't shot in widescreen, so it's the end of the world, and this is not the... Well, you know what? Shut up. Um, the cinematographer has even said that when they shot the X-Files, they had safe zones on either side with the idea that it would be, you know, 16-9 at a later date. And so the first three seasons are shot in uh, four by three, but they're shown in 16.9 and they, it look, works perfectly. It is, um, it, I tell you what, I, I tell you how good this show is. When I put the first disc in, now you got to keep in mind that I've probably seen the first disc, which is the first four episodes. I've seen those first four episodes probably six or seven times. And um, I put it in and I started watching it and I'm like, man, this looks really good. And I'm like, well, we're going to see because I know that there were some, um, some of the special effects um, you know, things were shot on video and they did not, they up converted them, but they didn't do a 2K transfer like they did for the Blu-rays. But I just, and I, next thing I know, I'm like, I just sat down to, to look at it for a minute before I went to do something else. Next thing I know, I'm halfway through episode two and I'm like, okay, I got to turn it off because I'm, I must spend my whole day watching this and I've already seen it. Um, so anyway, my story is that I ended up buying season two. They, uh, they they became on they went on sale season two went on sale for like um, fourteen dollars and I'm like I, I'm gonna go ahead and get it because I I really like this show and I and I do like the transfer to me the the transfer into sixteen nine is worth the upgrade so I I'm in for at least three seasons but I would imagine that if they the price stays right um, and if they keep the price like around fifteen bucks a season over the course of the next year I'm probably going to end up purchasing all of them because I want to go back and revisit this show. And figure out. Um, I was never. I, I never did like a critical analysis of what exactly went wrong. You know, of where things started to get screwed up with the mythology. Um, and it's been so long. I just remember at the time. I'm like, well, it doesn't really matter what they tell me about the black oil or about this or about the super soldiers because they just changed their mind later on. And I got very discouraged with the whole thing. Um, but those first five seasons, God, that storytelling was so unique. Being able to have um, something dealing with science fiction and the supernatural, and having to quantify it all, which is what was interesting, and n not having. Um, you know, you had the story, but the characters, the two main characters were carrying the story along. You know, you had your, your different character you introduced every week, 
but you know that they were carrying a story along and and it just it worked so well everything clicked into place and it was just a, such a unique concept at the time you know now i realize you know we we they had a bunch of knockoff shows there's been a whole lot of other things um since then but at the time this was just so unique and it really made a mark on my mind of like wow um science fiction television has really grown up because we're you know at the time if you were a reader of science fiction books not everything was Oh, this takes place in outer space. It's science fiction. We have to have ships. We have to have space. We have to have, you know, laser guns or spacesuits or you know all the all the cliche items you have to have for a space story. And if you remember during this time, there were a ton of shows coming out, um, different science fiction shows. They were trying so hard to come up with something, the next big thing. You remember Space Rangers? good concept spent too much time on on the tech and trying to make everything look cool in outer space and it was like well you could do this and not all you got to do is set it up as being in space then they can live a normal life we can film regularly without all these gadgets and all this stuff and all these creatures and you know all this stuff that they try to do to try to say hey look this is science fiction you know look at what we're doing you know uh, you know with the x-files they, they told him it was an, it's, a, it's a detective story it just happens to be detecting about something that could be supernatural or alien, you know, and that's what worked. That's why it works so well. Anyway, I, I, I might be getting overly excited about this, but my God, I, I'm, I'm happy with the new, um, I tell you what, I, and I'm, I'm not, I'm still unsure about this for those people who listen to Sci-Fi Dig, but I am excited enough with the new X-Files that I think I'm thinking about, uh, um, doing some old uh, reviving sci-fi dig and doing uh, the six episodes, doing episodic breakdowns of them and maybe nitpicking them a little bit. And uh, I haven't decided yet, but it's something I'm definitely um, thinking over. Um, the one other thing out there for people who like the box sets, I just want to throw this out there. Amazon had the deal of the day of the X-Files, the complete Blu-ray set for 129 bucks, which is a really good deal on that set. And I tell you what, I thought about it, and I was like, well, I don't want to spend 129 bucks because I know I'm not going to watch these um, right now. So I don't want to spend the money right now if I can buy them a season at a time over time. Um, that you know, That's what I'll do. But uh, I did some research on the box set because I thought it was one of those deals where they, they give you a, a complete box set, and when they do that, if you buy the box set as opposed to buying the individual seasons, they give you like some bonus discs and stuff like that. And I thought, well, if there's some updated information from the, you know, from the crew and, and from Chris Carter and they wanted to, you know, they did some updated interviews. I'm like, I, you know, I might, that might be something that would really intrigue me because I'd like to find out a little bit more about this stuff. Well, there's nothing really extra in there. And so when I did the research, basically you just get the seasons in a big box and there's room in the box for season 10. That's the information I was able to obtain. If anybody knows any different, f- please feel free to, to shoot me an email. But um, I, did, I did look at you know, multiple sites to try to find the information and they all said the same thing, that there's no, there's no benefit to buying the box other than getting the nice little cardboard box that comes in and having the slot for season 10. So don't... Uh, don't go, you know, whole hog and buy the box set if you're not going to watch them right away because other than season three, for some reason season three is listed as $30 everywhere. I have no idea why. Other than that season, um, all the rest of the seasons have been are right around 20 bucks and have been on sale at different places um, from $17.99 and lower. Um, season one is available a lot of places right now for $10. Even if you're not a huge X-Files fan, I recommend picking up the first season because it, it was groundbreaking sci-fi. You should have that in your collection, and, and the transfer is nice and 10 bucks. 
10 bucks, man. And that's a, that's a good deal for those episodes. You can't, uh, I know some places have them streaming online, like, like Netflix and stuff like that. But I tell you what, the transfer, it just, I mean, you watch that, then you watch the Blu-ray and what you're watching from the streaming services looks like garbage. Um, that I tell you what, this transfer is sharp. Um, and the widescreen and it just everything about it looks amazing. So highly recommend that. Anyway, that's my uh, my my chat about the X Files. Hopefully, uh, you people out there haven't forgotten about it and uh, give give the new season ten a chance because I'm telling you what I think you're going to like it. And I'm really pumped for the next step for episode three because it looks like we're going to touch on um, some internet type stuff. And I can't. I just want to see like. I would love to be there when when Mulder gets the full blown internet, like when he realizes he can do all these searches for all these crazy stuff on uh, you know on the internet. I just imagine him sitting there for like three days straight, um, chugging coffee and and looking at all this stuff and making notes and printing things out and just having reams of paper to go and investigate all this stuff. Um, I just find the whole thing. Uh, Really interesting, and I do have to say that season one was a little rough, or I'm sorry, episode one of the current season was a little rough with uh, the characters because we're trying to pick them up from where they were in in you know uh, their certain places in life right now. We're trying to, to put the band back together, so to speak. And it was, I'm like, I, I bought it, I liked it, I enjoyed the, the episode. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like, man, I'm like these. It seemed like pretty like they weren't really in character. But I tell you what, there's a moment in episode two where uh, Scully looks at Mulder and they're, they're like kind of debating something. And she's like, well, you know, Mulder, blah, blah, blah. And when, she, when that happened, it was just like, boom, they just fell right into place and they, they were back in character. And it just, it worked. Uh, it, was, it was flawless from that point on as far as their characters were concerned. It really, everything really came together and uh, really worked for me. So I'm really loving it. I'm glad it's back. Um, I would love to have other seasons of six or ten episodes apiece um, to put out there, you know, uh, if the writing can stay strong and we can tell these stories. I think it would work um, very well. And I know some people were complaining that there's only six episodes. I mean, we all want more, right? But, you know, I would rather have quality over quantity any day of the week. And I think um, with the X-Files, episode storytelling is what works. Uh, movies, not so much. The first movie, although I really enjoyed it, and I think if you've never seen The X-Files, you would still have some enjoyment of it. Um, the second movie, man, you know, I, I guess I wanted to like it so much, and I defended it and tried to find ways to make it enjoyable. It just wasn't. It was horrible. And, and the funny thing about the second film is that, you know, you get married, you got kids, you don't, you don't really get, you know, we don't, I work some crazy hours, so we don't really get like a date night per se. And I'm like, you know, I told my wife, I was like, you know, we got it. We should go do something. And she was familiar with the X-Files. I'm like, we should, I said, we, you know, the kids were doing something one night. And I was like, hey, we should go do something, you know, just the two of us is, you know, just like adults, you know. And so we decided, yeah, we're going to go see the X-Files movies and then we're going to go have dinner. And I was real excited. I'm like, yeah, we're going to go see this movie and, you know, it'll be fun and everything. And about a uh, half hour in the movie, we're looking at our watches going, oh, wow, this is, uh, this is boring as hell. And I kept looking at my watch thinking, oh, my God, this is never going to end. And then it did. And I'm like, I'm like walking out. I didn't say anything. We get outside. And I look at my wife. I was like, so, you know, what would you think? And she's like, um, it was good. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was awful. She's like, yeah, pretty much. So it was just kind of funny that uh, they, we both came to the same consensus. And then I, then I laughed. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, here we are on, you know, our date night. And we the movie we pick is just, it just was not good. So, Anyway, 
um, X-Files, go, uh, go check it out. You can reach me at sci-fi dig at gmail.com. Yeah.